Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. Today's episode is very special because as usual we're going to be doing our recap episode but this weekend was crazy for NFL football. A lot of unpredictable games, a lot of games that didn't really go the way I thought they would. Wasn't my best week for betting but that's okay because we're, we're still learning. We love the excitement of all these games, a lot of great storylines going on here. I love how good the AFC and NFC East look. Uh, both of those divisions are looking like the two best divisions in football. Um, a lot of really surprising stuff going on there. So in today's episode, we're going to recap a few key games. We're going to first talk about the Bills versus the Jets. Obviously, the Jets looking like a really damn com good competitive football team. We're going to talk about the Packers continuing their slip and losing against the Lions this weekend. We're going to talk about Justin Fields and his record-breaking day and just how good this Bears offense looks. Obviously, I've talked about that a few weeks in the past, so we're going to keep it a little condensed, but it's a huge subject right now in the media, so I'm going to talk about that a little. Um, not going to overdo it because I've already talked about it a lot. going to quickly cover the Vikings and how they continue to find ways to win football games, and they now have the second-best record in the NFL, have had for some time, actually. And then finally, we're going to close off with the Raiders, but beyond that, we're going to talk about our five biggest surprises of this season. Um, because this has been an incredible season as far as unpredictability, um, a lot of different storylines going on, um, so different from how we thought it was going to go at the beginning of the year, but that's why we love it. That's what we're here for. And it's what has me keeping coming back to the sport. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. Absolutely loved what I saw this weekend. So let's get right into it guys. Alright, so like I said, we are going to start off right off the bat reviewing some of the games from this weekend. It was an amazing week of football. A lot of dogs showed up really big for me. It wasn't my best week of betting, but I said that going into the week. I really didn't have any best bets for you guys. I really didn't like a lot of them. I rode the Seahawks big. That ended up paying out for me again. Probably going to take them again this week in Germany against the Buccaneers, but we'll talk about that by the time Thursday gets around. With all that being said, let's just get right into the first game. Honestly, the, one of the more important games from this weekend. One of the most surprising games, in my opinion, from this weekend. Um, and there was a lot of shockers, in my opinion. That Titans game was remarkably close. Um, I cannot believe the Saints got humiliated the way they did. But the Bills lost to the Jets. And that is just a sentence I never thought I'd be saying over the next like four years, if I'm being honest. But, man... Just like that, Miami is competing for first place again in this division, and just like that, every team in the AFC East is above 500 and looking damn good at that. Jets have six wins. I think that's matching or exceeding their total of last year, um, just nine weeks into the season. So really impressive stuff what they're doing there. But I got to give so much credit to this Jets coaching staff and Joe Douglas, their general manager. Their defense is playing absolutely phenomenal football. Seriously, Sauce Gardner. Gardner, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reader just continue, or DJ Reed, Reader, I don't remember, just continue to look like the best cornerback duo in this league. They're making plays all the way throughout this game from start to finish. Um, it looked like it was going to be a little bit of a, a tell to rest this game, or very early on, Sauce Gardner actually got completely burned by Stephon Diggs. One of the first times this entire year he's gotten properly burned, and Stephon took it for... I think 50 yards ended up turning into an interception later in the drive, so it didn't matter. But, I mean, after that bomb, and they were, even after that red zone pick, the Bills were still up 14-3 before halftime. Should have been 17 if Tyler Bass makes another field goal. But again, the Jets just hung on. 
I really love the way Matt LaFleur is calling these games on offense. He's really not asking Zach Wilson to do too much. Just manage these games. And when you have a run run game that's playing as well as it is, even without the standout rookie, Brees Hall, because he's obviously out for the season. Michael Carter stepped up in a lot of big ways. James Robinson contributed in a few ways. Just a lot of young guys stepping up big for him. Um, Immediate impact players. Obviously, we talked about Sauce Gardner. But, I mean, Jermaine Johnson had a clutch sack in this game. Um, Garrett Wilson had a really good good game in this one. So, again, three rookies really playing well for them immediately. That is the type of shit you love to see if you're a Jets fan. That is just... got to give a lot of credit to their GM, to their head coach for bringing in these guys and obviously using them right and having to contribute immediately. That's very important when team building. But again, the Jets just did a great job containing Allen and his weapons. Defensively, they called an amazing game. Um, Reed and Sauce just continue to show their dominance against some of the league's very best. Again, the Bills have amazing weapons. They contained them really, really well. Um, I will, you know... While I'm giving all this credit to the Jets, and they did do an amazing job, and they deserve this win, the Bills made too many mistakes and some uncharacteristic mistakes at that. I mean, Josh Allen's just careless with the football in a couple regards. Obviously, that pick at the end of the game on Sauce was really ugly looking. There was a little bit of a disguise in coverage there. I think he just completely fell for it, and Sauce ended up baiting him really well. But at the end of the day, that's not really a throw you see Josh Allen make a ton. There was also a pick earlier in this game that, again, just very uncharacter- uncharacteristic, careless play with the football. We're not used to seeing Josh Allen play this way. And it was clear this de- defense was really frustrating him in a lot of ways, so it's really impressive um, from the Jets' point of view. But, I mean, you expect the Bills to be better in this one. And then again, one of their biggest weaknesses all year really showed up in this one as well they kind of got away from the run way too early in my opinion they're just way too reliant on josh allen doing everything for him they need to establish this run game especially come playoff times that's just going to be so key but i mean the jets had some really key plays including a couple picks they had that fake punt um zach wilson excuse me converted just enough third downs when they really needed it um, I still have concerns about him, as I've said already, but I'm really impressed with impressed with the Jets here. This was not the Bills' best game by any chance, and they still, you know, they shot themselves in the foot while still keeping it competitive. So I still think at the end of the day, the Jets are a better football team, and when they do play again, the Jets will win in Buffalo. Um, I'm sure they're going to mark that down on their calendars now because I'm sure they're a little salty about this one. Feels like they could have won it anyways, and they're going to be healthier by the next time they play, but still. Got to give a lot of credit to the Jets. It's impressive that they're even able to do this after they were so bad for the last few years, honestly. And now they're a really competitive football team. I love their coaching staff and what they're doing there. And have these young guys just really stepping up and believing in in the culture there. Now, a team that's on a completely different trajectory from the Jets right now because obviously the future is very bright bright for Jets fans. Um, I think they need a new quarterback in town there. But that is neither here nor there. I love the rest of the team going on there. The Packers. The Packers are in a completely different space right now. It feels like Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he still has it. Obviously, one of his worst games in the last, honestly, of his career, from what I can remember, in this game. But, I mean, as a lifelong Bears fan, this game was just so amazing to watch. The fact that the Lions were statistically the worst defense in a number of different categories coming into this game. And they looked as good as they did in this one. It's just so satisfying to see that. I love seeing that. Anytime Aaron Rodgers gets his ass beat, I'm happy. Um, The Lions are just a half a game behind now. of the Packers and obviously we're on week 10 now so that's absolutely ridiculous to be saying out loud it's not like it's some fluky thing where we're not very far into the season and even at that the Lions are only two and six so it really just shows you how bad the Packers are and how you know far they've fallen I believe they've lost 
Actually, I'm going to look it up. How many games have they lost in a row? It's been at least three, right? I'm checking now. So they lost to the Commanders. They lost. So they've lost five games in a row. Before this game, they lost to the Bills, Commanders, Giants, and then they lost to the Jets. So they've lost five in a row and then barely squeaked out of overtime against the Patriots. So, again, not an impressive resume for the the. Packers, we all know what their problem is. It feels like this is really Green Bay's breaking point, though. More specifically, Aaron Rodgers' breaking point. I mean, he just looks so frustrated. This entire game, he looked extremely frustrated. And yes, he had some weapons go down. They're not as reliable. And the Lions did a really good down. Good, did a really good. good wow, wow, that was <laughs> that was fucking awful. The Lions did a really good job just containing Green Bay's run game in this one, really forcing Aaron to air it out. Uh, but Aaron missed a few throws in this one. And, yeah, his receivers let him down on a couple chances. Alan Lazard on that fourth down conversion had the ball bobble, and he had absolutely no separation in that one, so that really doesn't help. But, I mean, Aaron did miss a few throws. The deep ball to Torres, the one that really stands out, he underthrew him just the smallest bit, and Kirby Joseph was able to, able to get his hands on it. Um, while I'm on that note, Kirby Joseph, my God, he played incredible in this one. I got to give the Lions credit because, obviously, the Packers looked awful. They've got a bunch of receivers that can't separate. Dobbs went down early in this one. Um, Lazard looks all right, but every catch he has is fucking contested because, he, again, he cannot separate. And beyond that, there's just really not anyone reliable on that offense that Aaron trusts. It really feels like a breaking point for this offense as a whole. But flipping the script, I mean, I've got to give the Lions some credit in this one. They had two rookies really step up huge for them. I already mentioned one of them, Kirby Joseph, played amazing in this one. I believe he's a safety um, but I mean, Hutchinson played incredible too. He had a sack in this one. He also had a tipped ball in the red zone that ended up being picked off by the other rookie Kirby Joseph in the first quarter of the game. Then later Kirby Joseph had that ridiculous pass defection that I was talking about, um, on third and 11 that looked like it was a guaranteed touchdown. Aaron Rodgers slightly underthrew it, but I mean, Kirby got up there, put one hand on it, incredible play. And then immediately following that Jair Alexander had a pick for the for the Green Bay Packers and then the very next drive after that pick Kirby Joseph picks him off again on just undercutting a route on right up the seam to Robert Tunney and just undercut it perfectly and showed some really impressive ball skills um people don't really realize that but it really was not an easy catch and he made it look ridiculous um so ridiculous game for the rookie got to give the Lions a ton of credit there they've had some rookies making plays between Malcolm Rodriguez Aiden Hutchinson and now this guy Kirby Joseph um a lot of, you love to see the young guys stepping up and of course if you're a Lions fan you love to see that too um <clears throat> and just beyond that it's a great day for NFC North fans in general I mean obviously not not if you're a Packers fan but for all the other teams because the Packers have kind of ruled this division for a very long time here and all of a sudden the trajectory trajectory of the NFC North in the next 10 years looks very different with how well Justin Fields is playing in Chicago and how much cap space we'll have hopefully it'll be our division here soon but yeah, the Packers just look like they're in shambles. We've been talking about it for a few weeks here, so I won't go too deep into it. But this really feels like this is the end for them. Um, I would not be surprised if Aaron retires after this season. I'm not sure how it's going to all work with the contract, if he's going to owe the money, if there's just going to be a shit ton of dead cap, or how that's all going to work. But I really don't see a way where this relationship is fully healed by the time next year comes around. And he's made his money. He's not really concerned about that. I, don't, I couldn't imagine. Um... And if he's not playing for a different team, I don't think he's going to be playing NFL football next year. Now, 
Let's talk about the Rams versus the Bucks really quick. This was just a really ugly game, and I again I think it's pretty insignificant in the long run because with the Saints loss, it looks like the Bucks are still going to be in the driver's seat for the NFC South, even with the Falcons still leading the way right now. I still don't really think, still not trusting that team entirely, and I'm never going to count out Brady. So, I mean, I guess it keeps their hopes alive a little bit more, and it is significant they won in that regard, but. I mean, my biggest takeaway in this one is that both these teams just do not look good. That's not really surprising, but hey, the end of this game was really fun. It was a ton of really bad offense this game, and just not a very fun game to watch at all. And it didn't add, it didn't, sorry, it didn't help the fact that there were only two games to watch in the late window, so basically had to watch this one of the Cardinals one, which started really slow as well, so kind of just a doozy afternoon slate really would have benefited from one more game there kind of weird the league set it up that way the way they did i know there were a ton of buys but i mean there was there's just as many 10 a.m games he totally could have moved one of them but anyways my point is brady had his authentic moment of brady in this one it was fun to watch um it's you never know if you're gonna see anything like that again especially with how the season's been going um, it feels like the Rams defense definitely slightly sold at the end of this one, but I mean, it's really cool to see Brady do it one more time at the end of the day. Um, really predictable plays, really predictable defense by the Rams. Again, just didn't feel, feels like they were just like protecting the end zone shot the whole time and just letting Brady just methodically move up the field. And it felt really stupid. It felt like they weren't playing the boundaries well at all. They should have just been trying to keep everything inside of them. But again, I'm just a guy here sitting in my apartment i'm not an nfl coach so i can't really tell them what to do but don't like the way the end of that game was called for the rams but anyways both of these teams are just bad and there's yeah there's not a lot of hope right now but the, the bucks keep their their season alive tom brady looks like authentic tom brady he threw like 58 motherfucking passes in this one which is just ridiculous they need to get that run game going because you're not gonna be able to win games like that in january and it's not even anything against brady yeah yeah he's not playing his best ball but that's just not sustainable in general. No matter who the quarterback is, that's not a sustainable formula to win. Regardless if the guy's 45 years old or 25 years old, that's not a way to win football games. And um, yeah, I guess the only thing I could really take away from this one is these teams are still shit, but it was fun to watch Brady, you know, have his little moment of comeback and just authentic Brady. Seeing that again, it was fun. It was fun. Now let's talk Vikings. I said I was going to talk about this team a little bit. Vikings are now 7-1. They've got the second-best record in the NFL. And it's, it feels like a very quiet second-best record in the NFL. The video of Kirk obviously going viral, him on the plane with all that jewelry on. Uh, really fun stuff. Love to see that type of shit. Just the team getting along. Um, obviously, not too excited as a Bears fan, but it's not like we're really expecting this to be our year anyways. And it just makes you think, like, if Mike Zimmer was there, would that type of shit be going on? Um, it was a really good point made by Mike Florio of PFT. I don't think it would be. I don't think he'd tolerate that type of shit, but I really feel like there's something good going on with this team. I feel like they're just gelling. It seems like there's a good vibe in that locker room, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I was just thoroughly impressed with this Vikings win. Obviously, the Commanders aren't, you know, a powerhouse contender of a team, and that's not why I'm impressed with it. And Minnesota's really going to get tested out in these next coming weeks. They're playing, like, Buffalo, Dallas. I think they play Green Bay again in here, which isn't looking like the toughest out. But they've got a tough slate coming up. Luckily for them, a lot of those games are at home. But, I mean... I was so impressed with this win because even though throughout this game they did have their offensive struggles, most definitely the Washington defense did give them a lot of problems. And they had some fluky plays like that Curtis Samuel bomb where the ref got in the way. He ended up scrambling in for a touchdown. Again, fluky stuff. That type of shit where you can kind of just check out. You know, you notice that Green Bay is losing to the Lions. You can kind of 
put your foot off the gas a little bit, but that's not what this team did here at all. Um, they came back really late in the game. They were down by 10 in the fourth quarter, and again, no matter who you're playing, that's not an easy thing to come back and win from that, especially when your quarterback is Kirk Cousins, and he has been criticized for that type of stuff a lot. Um, to see them overcome that, especially against the Washington defense that I still think is a little underrated. I still think they're really good. Um, I was really impressed to see that. And you've already been stopped so many times prior on prior drives um, that, again, you can kind of just put your hat up and say, like, today's not our day. But they found a way. They fought their asses off. Um, really impressive stuff from a lot of their weapons there. Dalvin Cook had an incredible touch, touchdown at the end of this one. And there's something really special going on in Minnesota. They're, it feels like they're going to run away with the North and probably be the number two seed in the NFC. Because the NFC, again, I've said this, it's, it's really weak. The NFC West... Is a little top-heavy with the Seahawks and the Niners. I still think the Niners are going to find a way to pull out and win that division. We'll see. Um, the Seahawks are still pretty far ahead of them right now. Uh, 49ers have the head-to-head. -head, but regardless of that, I mean, it feels like the Eagles and the Vikings, It's the NFC is really going to go through them. Now, before I move on to my five biggest surprises of the season, I got two more games I want to talk about. And one of them I'm just going to cover really quickly because this team really doesn't deserve any more of my attention anymore. They've disappointed me so much this season. The Raiders. Uh, this game was pretty much symbolic of their season as a whole. They've had flashes of greatness and just utterly and totally inconsistent all year long. Um, it was the exact same thing. Went up 7 nothing, 17 nothing. excuse me, with five minutes left to go in the second quarter. And then next thing you know, the Jaguars just look like a completely different team coming out of halftime. The Raiders completely lose themselves coming out of halftime. Can't get anything going offensively. Can't stop shit defensively. Just ugly, ugly, ugly game for the Raiders. And it really feels like um, a similar situation to what happened to the Broncos with uh, Mike McDaniels the first time he went and was a head coach. It feels like he's in over his skis. It feels like he's not running this team properly. It feels like this team is way too good as far as talent-wise to be in the position they are in, especially looking at where they were last year. I was obviously, if you remember, I was a huge advocate to keep Rich Passaccia. I thought <clears throat> if something was broken, sorry, if something's not broken, do not fix it. Rich Passaccia took this team to the playoffs, even with all they've been through with John Gruden, a ton of injuries um, among this offensive line, a ton of turnover in the personnel, but they found a way to make the playoffs, and they brought it to Cincinnati in Cincinnati, nearly won that game. Um, and then Riz Passaccia was gone, Mike McDaniels comes in, and this team has looked like an absolute dumpster fire, even with the upgraded talent of Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. It feels like someone could be using those talents a lot better, and I would not be surprised if McDaniels is out after the end of this year. Um, I know that he's brand new, but this this just no excuse for how bad this team is right now, and how badly they're blowing leads. I mean, they've had three terrible blown leads this year already. Um... For how talented this team is and how high the expectations were, that just seems completely unacceptable to me. Going into Jacksonville and losing to a team that's really just, again, just trying to find themselves on every phase of the game and getting embarrassed the way they did is just, man, it's not what I was expecting from this Raiders team and it's really looking like predict my predictions of them are going to be, you know, they're, they're wrong. They're going to be my ass. Sorry, I just read a text really quickly. Now... Before I move on to my big five biggest surprises of the season, I quickly want to talk about the Ravens and the Saints. This fucking pissed me off. I can't bet on the Saints for shit. I think I'm done ever putting money on any Saints game ever. Anytime I think their defense is just going to continue to not show up, I take the over in their game. They shut out the fucking Raiders. I think they're going to beat 
um, the Buccaneers, because they've had the Buccaneers number. The Buccaneers absolutely shit on him. Jameis Winston looks awful. Um, I think they're going to beat the Cardinals. The Cardinals come in, and Andy Dalton throws two pick sixes, even though they honestly look like the better team on the field that week. They lose. Um, last night, they the Ravens coming into town. Ravens are absolutely obliterated. The Saints are finally coming into their own offensively. It feels like their defense is picking something up after the momentum they had against the Raiders. Their defense is a no-show, their offense is making a ton of mistakes, and they get their ass kicked by a Ravens team that is beat up everywhere. And they just let other guys step up and make plays. While they're barely passing the ball at all, Kenyon Drake is just grinding his feet and getting it down on the ground. Um, yeah, so, fuck. I, I just don't even know what to think of the Saints team. This is a blown opportunity, to say the least. They could easily still catch up to the Saints in the NFC South if they won this game because it's really anyone's division right now, and it probably will be until the end of the year. Um, so it feels like just a really blown opportunity by the Saints. It feels like a really inconsistent team that doesn't really have a strong identity right now. They seem to change their identity from week to week. I really don't like that. And I just, again, I, they're so inconsistent. I cannot trust this team at all. Um, I can't trust them to lose. I can't trust them to win. They can lose to any team. They can beat any team. Their defense can show up one week and absolutely shut you down. They can absolutely disappear the next week. Their offense can shred you up one week. It'll be gone the next week. It's just, oh, it's so frustrating as a better. And I'm so done with the New Orleans Saints. And got to give credit to the Baltimore Ravens. They just continue to find ways to win football game. They're still an elite caliber organization. They're still an elite caliber team. It's going to be really interesting interesting to see what happens with Lamar by the end of the season, but we'll worry about that by the end of the season. Right now, they're winning football games, even completely beat up. They're going to get healthier. Um, they're going to get some guys back. Obviously, they've had some players go down for the season as terms of Bateman, but I mean, Andrews will be back. Dobbins will be back eventually. They're going to get some key contributors back, and yeah. Just a damn good football team. Continue to find ways to win. Now, I'm going to pause really quick. I'm going to take a little sip of water. And then I'm going to come back with my top five surprises of the NFL season so far. All right. Sorry. I got a little phone call. Let's get into the top five surprises of the NFL season so far. Because it has been an absolutely wild season. There's been a lot of storylines I was not expecting to be talking about. Um, and it's honestly kind of hard to rank these things. Because... I think, I think number one is fair. I think number one is definitely the one that surprised me the most. I thought that team was going to be really damn good. Um, but there's a couple that I left off of this list because it might seem like a surprise and I might, I did have pretty high expectations for him, but at the end of the day, I could see why some of those things went wrong. So I'll just say right off the bat, one that barely missed the list is the Broncos. Um, yes, that totally surprises me how bad they have been. Um, and just especially just how bad Russ has looked in general. But at the end of the day, I thought the Broncos were still going to be the worst team in this division. So, I mean, relatively speaking, it's not as surprising as some of these other things. That's just, it's not telling to how not surprised I am at the Broncos. It's more telling of how surprised I am by some of these other things. So at number five, I have the Las Vegas Raiders just being ass. I'm so surprised by this. Again, they barely beat out the Broncos in this because I had the Raiders above. I had them third place in the AFC West, but I had them still making the playoffs. So, obviously, I had them being a way much better football team. I thought they were going to be much more competitive than they were last year. I did not think this whole Mike McDaniels thing was going to fall apart the way it has so far. Um, I thought Darren Waller was going to have a huge year, which, again, it's not really his fault. He's been beat up. Um, but I just thought this was going to be clicking on all cylinders. I thought there was going to be mismatches all over the field. I thought this was going to be a top five-ish scoring offense. I thought this defense would be much improved with Chandler Jones coming in. 
Divine Diablo kind of coming into his own. And then, of course, Max Crosby on the other edge opposite Chandler. Um, I just really liked what this team had gone for. I like some of their secondary pieces. Obviously, Trayvon Mullen, someone who got traded, was not expecting that. And then I really liked... Um, Tyler Gillespie and a couple other just like really sleeper guys that I thought were going to step up big for them. Um, that didn't end up happening at all. We all know how bad the Raiders have looked and just how con- inconsistent they've looked offensively all year long. Just moments of, of greatness. It's really telling that their best game of the year was was against Kansas City in Kansas City, which was a loss, but that's the best they've looked all year. So again, that's really telling to this just this team as a whole. At number four... I have the New York Jets. This one really surprises the shit out of me. It's a little more surprised. Honestly, I, I might want to just put like both New York teams in here. Just New York, New York, if you will. Uh, I'm going to cheat and just say New York football. Um, New York City football, I should specify, because they're technically their city teams, then there's Buffalo outside of New York, even though they play in Jersey. That's not the fucking point. Both of these teams have been absolutely just shockers to me. I think a lot of their credit has to be given to their coaches, but I mean especially in the Giants case, I think a lot of it is due to their coaching, but they've drafted well, they've had some contributors come in, um, they've got a lot of young guys stepping up for both of these teams, I really didn't think it would all translate this quickly, I still thought these teams, especially in the Jets case, I thought they were a few years out, um, in the Giants case, I just didn't really see a whole lot of hope, because Daniel Jones didn't seem to be their guy, they were going to have to pay a lot of these guys soon, they're paying way too much to the receivers, and they still are doing those things, but hey, both of these teams are winning, so it's really surprising me. I thought both of these teams were easily going to be some of the worst teams in the league again this year, um, just like they were last year. But they've really turned it around quick, quickly, and I'm really surprised with what I've seen from the New York City football teams. Up next, number three. Again, this is a huge surprise to me, and maybe I'm exaggerating a little because I was so all over this team in the offseason, and I'm still all over this team, and I cover this team all the fucking time because it's my team. Number three is I'm so surprised how good the Bears' offense looked and just how competent they look, Um, especially considering the beginning of the season. It really just didn't look like we trusted Justin Fields at all. We were barely asking him to throw the ball. Um, But in recent weeks, it's been a completely different story. Our offense has completely taken over as the main storyline in this team. Um, We're putting up massive points, massive numbers. We're straight up breaking records. Whoa. As far as quarterback rushing goes, we've completely opened up our offense and built it around Justin Fields. And it just looks so much better and more competent. We can practically keep up with any team right now. Um, practically so not realistically but we almost can (laughs) um and there's a lot of hope for this offense in the next coming years and that is definitely something i did not see coming especially with how critical i've been of this regime's draft choices of their team building around justin fields and getting him receivers or lack thereof um obviously claypool is added but my point kind of stands. They don't. There's not a lot of receiver help around him. Um, he doesn't have the greatest O-line, but we still find a way to make our offense look as good as it is. I think a lot of it has to give, it has to be given to Fields and just his raw ability, his raw talent, what he can do for an offense. But, of course, our coaching staff has come in and impressed me thoroughly. So, love to see that. Number three. Number two. I think you could argue this is one, but... I'm putting it two because my one, I was so sold on. I thought that team was going to be so damn good. Number two, I have the Seattle Seahawks. This is, yeah, this this has to be one or two because I thought they were easily going to be one of the worst teams in the league the second I heard Geno Smith was starting. And honestly, defensively, they had a bunch of nobodies before this draft and before some of these free agents established themselves like Chidobi Nwosu, um, 
of course, all their rookies are stepping up big for him in terms of Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant. Um, I'm forgetting that other defensive stud's name. But, of course, they have Kenneth Walker. Regardless, though, this team is incredible. They're, they're, Gino is playing amazing, near-flawless flaw, football. Their weapons are making key plays. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett still doing their thing, still playing just as well without Russell Wilson. Um, and this... This team is doing everything right right now. They're they're they've got a really effective pass rush, surprisingly effective pass rush. They've Jordan Brooks is playing the middle linebacker position really well in Bobby Wagner's absence. Um, they've got key contributors on the defensive end, veterans and rookies alike. So this team just has it all right now. They're playing really damn good football, and Pete Carroll is really showing why that. You know, he had a lot to do with this Russell Wilson success, too. He has a lot of credit that should be given to him as well. And the Seahawks have just been an absolute shock this year. And number one, the Indianapolis Colts being an absolute rebuild. Just what the fuck are they doing mode? Hiring Jeff Saturday as their interim head coach just seems like an absolute joke. I don't know how the fuck you can do that and take be taken seriously. This guy hasn't coached on the collegiate or pro levels ever before. I know he's a former player, very popular amongst the media, worked for ESPN for a while, but... As a head coach, come on, get the fuck out of here. That's ridiculous. Um, now Frank Reich is gone, obviously. So, you know, Jeff Saturday coming in. Matt Ryan being done basically for the year. Sam Elger taking over. Their offensive line has been in absolute shambles. Their defense has had its moments. But, I mean, they've just, in general, this team is just a dumpster fire right now. And I really thought that, I thought they upgraded big this offseason. I thought Stephon Gilmore was a huge addition. I thought Unique Ngakwe was a huge addition. I thought Matt Ryan himself was going to be a huge addition. I loved what they did in the draft as far as Alec Pierce, Bernard Ryman, um, some of their other players, that safety from Maryland, Nick Cross. I really thought that this team was going to be a damn competitive football team. I thought they were going to run the AFC South with A.J. Brown leaving the Titans. I th honestly, I, I'm not saying I think they were going to run away with it, but I definitely thought they were going to win the South. I definitely thought they were going to be a team you did not want to run into in the playoffs. I thought they were going to be a very similar team to the team we saw last year where Jonathan Taylor was just a different breed. This offensive line was just moving people. This defense was extremely sound with DeForest Buckner and Shaquille Leonard lead leading the way. Kenny Moore, you know, continuing to ascend. But really, none of that stuff has gone right. Their offensive line has had tons of injuries. Jonathan Taylor has been beat up. Matt Ryan, um, benched surprisingly early in my opinion. Yeah, he wasn't playing great football, but just completely fell apart um, super early on in the season. And they got swept by the Titans very early on in the season. So that's got to be my biggest surprise of the season, just how bad the Indianapolis Colts have looked. And honestly, incompetent is entirely so that's gonna be it for me guys i hope you did enjoy this episode i know it's a little more nfl centric but if you want more nba content just let me know probably gonna be posting more on my instagram in the next few weeks gonna really be trying to stay on top of that regardless if you enjoyed this episode share this with your friends and family follow my instagram account at murphy's league i appreciate each and every single one of y'all and peace out